Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right, good day, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Road FS Detail Memoirs. We are celebrating. It is Rod's birthday. Happy birthday. That, that is not right. <laughs> he's like, <"That's- laughs> he's like don't do that to me. So uh, Thanks. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Even though all- birthdays to me are just another day. I was going to get a birthday hat, but I neglected yeah, this, to go to this Walmart This is my birthday hat night, right so here. They, just, they warned good. me not to wear my birthday suit. Um, I had yeah. to go to the DMV because my driver's license expired and the gal at the driver's license place goes, let's see, hazel eyes, blonde hair. And she looks at me, she goes, and I said, it's gray. And she changed my, my hair color to gray on my driver's license for the first time. And I said, that is hate speech. And I want to talk to your manager. <laughs> wow. That, so, that's what happens. happens. That's right. Oh, so, man. Well, thank you, Oscar Hernandez. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, we're so, super excited because I have been looking forward to this episode for about three weeks um, because I love, love, love boats. And our guests today, uh, Amanda and Owen Lees, owners of Boat Ease, specialize in boats. So we're yeah. super excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we didn't think this through very well because we should have had you guys come live to Boise because Jody and I are both shutting our boats down for the year and we could have done some really cool stuff. But yeah, sounds like poor planning on your part. It's I, definitely I poor it's, planning on my part. So it's so you know. so you guys are a husband, wife, business owner team. We met you guys in person at SDC and like Jody said, we you guys are awesome. Your 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 social media stuff, what you guys do, how you guys do it is awesome. So we are we are really excited about getting you guys on there, uh, on here and tell us your story because when we heard your story at at SDC, we were just blown away at how you guys do your stuff. So tell everybody what you guys do and how you do it. I'm going to let Owen tell the story because he'll give a. a- condensed version otherwise we might be here too long if i give too many details (laughs) (laughs) um we ended up where we are from a background on private yachts traveling internationally and that's how we met each other and we continued that career together um we had a job opportunity come up in the states through that we got sponsorship to have green cards and once that um commitment sort of ran its course we're free to do what we wanted to do. And we thought we knew enough about detailing boats, having been on these big private things all around the world for long enough. But the reality is we didn't know anything. And (laughs) the the only part that was useful was that we knew how to deal with pretty particular clients um, with high expectations. So we knew that we had that ability to fulfill those sorts of strange requirements that some people have, especially with boats. Um, but it's been a very steep learning curve and it's primarily been self-taught. We've been doing it 
we, we had this conversation in the truck the other day. Is it four years or is it three years? Year zero, we were still transitioning from our um, previous employment and trying to start our little business. And we'd get one boat every three weeks or something like that. So we thought we were going okay. But um, now it's like drinking from a fire hose. Um, we've got a relationship with um, a dealership that's been fantastic. We had this wonderful idea that we'd work hard through summers here in Minnesota and then go back down to New Zealand um, for the New Zealand summers and get away from the deeply cold and dark winters up here. But um, this relationship with the dealership and everything um, means that we've got plenty of work to carry on with and we, we enjoy it. You know, we've um, got into the ceramic coating with exposure from um, Jen Turcott and and just starting to meet other people within the industry. Um, the bakers have been a huge help for us and a, and a wonderful sounding board. So it's just a progression. And the more we meet other people and learn new things, the more we get excited about what we're doing and we want to just keep progressing and see, see sort of where it ends up. So one of the questions that always comes up, okay, is boats are, it's no big deal. It's just the same as a car. So explain to everybody why there's a huge difference. And so for people that don't have experience with boats, they can understand the, the, the uniqueness of it. Um, we have never worked on a car. Amanda just had a little bit of experience down at Rupes doing some training with the all women's um, course for the, was it a weekend? Yeah, a it was a one, a one day event. Um, <clears throat> so I can't speak too much about the automotive stuff because we really don't know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but the, it's, it's amazing to us. It's quite remarkable. People will spend enormous amounts of money on boats and they leave them outside and they get hit with all the weather and all the bad conditions and they might have a wonderful weekend and they leave it in a mess when they're finished with it and they walk away. Nobody treats their high-end vehicles the same way they treat their boats. So it's, um, we started our business doing weekly and bi-weekly maintenance, you know, express details, just trying to get people's boats presentable for the weekend so they could enjoy them. Um, it's, I think there's a lot of differences. I think people seem to have this fear or that we start to pick up the more people that come and ask us questions about, you know, how do I do gel coat or whatever it's going to be. Um, I think you can be, I don't want to say like rough, but there's a lot more tolerance within the gel coat to, to work with it, to buff it out, to correct it. Um, so we kind of like that. We're terrified of going the other way because I don't want to be buying car doors for people. After <laughs> or something. Well, the, the, I think the big deal there is like boats have, um, there's primarily two or three different materials you're dealing with. You're dealing with aluminum or you're dealing with fiberglass. Mm -hmm. And in the automotive world, those are both a rarity. You either have a Corvette if you're dealing with fiberglass or you, uh, you know, some Hondas have aluminum hoods, but primarily mm -hmm. you're dealing with steel. Yeah. And I think people, one of the one of the biggest differences is the size. You know, you guys have got, mm -hmm. you know, even a small 18 foot boat. That's huge compared to a car. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nobody I know that takes their car outside, turns it upside down, leaves it in the water for six and a half months, and then pulls it out and goes, oh, polish it for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I yes. think that's a big deal. If you guys haven't seen their social media, go look at it, particularly look at this green, green and black and white boat that they did. Swamp and it monster. looks like I call it the swamp thing because the bottom <laughs> half of it, you can tell it's been sitting in the water. And 
you know, Jody and I both have boats. Uh, Jody's had them for his whole life. I just got my second boat last year. So I'm not, I'm not a huge boat person. I've owned them, but I, 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 I don't leave it in the water for more than the time that I'm in the water. I pull it out of the water and spray it off and wipe it down and put it back in my shop. So I, I've never understood people that just leave them in the scum for, you know, years on end, but you guys deal with this stuff. So how do you get that crud off? Well, I'd say your rarity, um, you know, there's some of the fishing boat guys and some of the surf boat guys that have, they can keep their boat on a trailer and take it home and, and take care of it. They do. Um, but that's not terribly common. Um, hmm. get, getting those bottoms that come in like that, it's a combination of pretty harsh chemicals sometimes. Um, you know, we can't put boats back in the water here in Minnesota if they're encrusted with zebra mussels. It's a requirement um, that yeah. they have a full treatment. So, um you know, it's it's not nice work. It's um, muriatic acid, for example, and you know, and, and a lot of scrubbing. We try not to be too harsh because we don't want to cause more damage or degradation to the uh, to the gel coat underneath. But um, you know, you, if it's going to be a legal requirement, then it's got to be looking sharp. So yeah. we hit it and and polish it up and protect it if we can, and if that's what they want. And uh, you know, boats spend five or six months in use up here in Minnesota. And then the rest of the time our lakes are frozen. So they stay inside. Um, more than they do on the lake. More than they seem to be out on the water. But you guys are aware that that, that damage and that growth happens pretty quickly. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we, we have similar up here. I mean, we're, like I said, it's, it's, uh, I've had my boat out of the water for almost a month. Um, Mine was I, in water yeah, two, two, days two days ago. ago we are surfing. <laughs> But but that's it, baby. Got to get that last day in. So keep going, make the most of it. Stretch summer out. So and we have some lakes here that get uh, an algae growth on them, and at a certain point, you can't even put it in the water. Especially by my house, they have to be. Yeah, they have to be like pressure washed off and get all the the invasive species and all the Mm -hmm. scum off of the bottoms of them. We're the same way. So um, you guys have a unique way that when we were when we were talking uh, uh, Amanda about. You guys will roll up on somebody on the water and in your boat and talk to them about detailing. And knowing how to deal with um, particular people uh, with your background in yachts, how do you approach somebody that, let's just say I've got a really nice boat and it looks like crap. So you're going to approach me about doing your business because I think this has this has relevance to everybody in the industry, whether it's boats, cars, motorcycles or anything. You've got somebody that's got a particular vehicle. And you're going to approach them because it looks like crap to, to do services on it. We have been fortunate enough that sort of scenario hasn't happened. Um, I can't think of anything like that where we've gone and, and got the work. Our work has sort of come to us, people saying, hey, I saw what you did to my neighbor's boat or I heard about you from you know, the, the – the, um, do you have your name on the side of your boat, your business name on the side of your boat? No, we don't. We no, have it's our, just red. We okay. have our phone number, but we don't have our – when we first started our business, we started off with a pontoon and we had sign writing on there. Um, okay. And then we our clientele built up and we needed a faster boat, so that's when we bought the little red Stabycraft and we just put our phone number on it. Um 
we actually took our advertising off our truck for two years because it was just getting a little too much for two people to manage. It's um, wow. It's the dynamic of being husband and wife, you know, being on the big boats overseas, we shared a cabin and we worked and lived side by side and traveled, did everything together. But Amanda was primarily uh, interior and I was exterior. So we'd go and do our work for the day and then we'd see each other in the crew mess and have a meal and go and decide to do something for the evening. Now we're on top of each other all the time, side by side, working, same job. Amanda does a phenomenal job managing all the, admin side of things i'm too dumb for that so i just stick with carrying tools and lifting heavy things um but yeah it's it's just been a i think it's been a word word of mouth kind of thing for us we haven't we haven't even met probably half of our clients that we have on the lake in person we've just focused them on the phone or we've talked to the property manager because the way that we do our weekly and bi-weekly service is we take our boat to the owner's dock and do their boat. So we're not having to go through their their property or their home. Oh, um, wow. We don't need to talk to them either. We just send them an invoice at the end of the month. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So do you, yeah, cause I was wondering that I'm like, how do you, you know, we, we know mobile detailing, but how do you do mobile boat detailing? Yeah. So, so yeah. we've sort of got a couple of little, divisions to what we do you know we have this relationship with the dealership so we turn around their trade-in boats um and we we do their retail details for them here as well um and then stuff that comes to us we have a storage unit that we work out of we've just finished a ceramic coating on a brand new um sea ray sundancer it took way longer than it should have i think but that's the way these some of these larger jobs go um and then the other, the summer part was the mo- mobile detailing by boat. We just figured out a way to pack everything into a 15-foot aluminum boat and we just buzzed around the lake and, um, you know, we, that was the express detail. That wasn't the full – we weren't using any of our power tools on the water or anything like that. That was just dressing boats for the for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a little hard to have a generator and electricity going on the water. So We, we take a generator. We have a generator in there. We've got a little water pump. Um, yeah, we, we got it all. Being on big boats and seeing how everything gets packed in and doing uh, ocean voyages, you realize how much you do need and you can be very selective about the things that are essential and you do away with the rest and you get on with the job with the essential things. So I think that background probably played into what we developed and recognized how to fit out our little rig. Yeah, yeah, it's really intriguing to me because my son lives in Marina del Rey down in California. And so he has a guy literally every morning comes to the boat next to him and he Mm -hmm. puts on his little wetsuit and he has his little dinghy and he goes around and just cleans all the bottoms of the boats. That's what he does all day. And then then there's another group of guys that they have a dinghy too and there's an 80-foot purple yacht. I call it the Prince Yacht. Yeah. And literally, they were there were two of them standing on in their dinghy, you know, trying to to buff out Paulus's boat while the other guy's holding the rope to keep them steady. Oh, wow. And I'm like, man, that is not going to work. <laughs> no, but it sounds like you guys have figured out a better way to do it. Yeah, we, we recognized – I mean – We've seen all that stuff happening down in Lauderdale and Miami. You know, we've spent tons of time on the around those marinas and stuff. And like, kudos to all those people that break their bodies doing that kind of work on the water. It's not easy, and and we respect it. You know, um, 
And because of our awareness of that, we just had to make those divisions and say to people, look, we can do this type of work, but you're going to have to bring your boat to us. We're not going to do it here on the island. So yeah. what percentage of, because uh, uh, I know this is another question that comes up with boats, is what percentage of the work that you're doing out of the water do you do in a kind of a dry dock or a lift situation versus on the trailer? Yeah. Um, we Unfortunately, right now we don't have a lift, so everything that we do is on a trailer. Um, the larger boats uh, get brought in with a proper semi-truck and a proper trailer, and then we right. put them on stands and blocks. So we don't move them we help facilitate uh but we um we just work that way if it's too big to be on a trailer we'll block it and work on it for the week and then send it away yeah yeah and that's i that that's a very common i I think answer there and and i think that people don't um don't recognize again how much different the interior of a boat is you know let's contrast that with your high-end car you're not going to take a hundred thousand dollar car get a bunch of water in it and then stick a bunch of stinky life vests in the corner and let it mold but oh. we do that with boats all the <laughs> time. You know? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. You, do- <laughs> you, pull, you pull the boat in, you're like, you know what? We're done for the day. I'm tired. You leave all the sand and all the wet in there and you oh, just yeah. walk away. That does not happen in my boat. Yeah. Mushed up Cheetos. Cheetos and- are smashed in all between the cushions and everything. It's great. Yeah. We've seen some gross stuff. It's a lot of, I mean, it's, I think people enjoy their boats and they do different things with them. I know that when we go out, you know, we are, um, well, my, I won't tell you everything my family calls me, but anal retentive is one of the things they call me, but I have things where like, um, you know, under the, um, under the cover of the end, the engine cover, you lift it up. And in the, in the corners, I have two areas and we have specific coolers and, garbage cans and everything that fit in there perfectly so that that's where all that stuff goes. And everybody knows when you get out of the boat, out of the water, you come on the boat, you dry off, then you get in so that you're not soaking it all everything. But for those people that don't, um, I mean, you can have a boat that's gone out for the weekend and it's like the most trashed car in the world just because it was out there on the weekend. It's got sand and mud and water and, and all this crap in there. And it smells like fuel cause they put the cover on it. So interior wise, um, what is the average time or some amount of time that you spend cleaning out that interior to get it back to new again? I would typically spend a minimum of six hours. Wow. What, what size boat are you? Uh, this would be, that? this would be a, this, I think there's a lot of variables. There is a lot of variables. Like yeah. if we're doing a 25 foot surfboat, four hours. I think Amanda would be in there three to four hours, depending on its condition. Yeah, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, but it's also surface area. You're talking about three times the amount of carpet of a Honda Accord. You're talking about all the compartments. It holds eight people, so you're you're the number of seats of a suburban plus, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you've got the added uh, uh, love of a lot more crap that you wouldn't have on. I mean, maybe an off road vehicle, maybe somebody that takes their car up and off road gets that much sand and stuff, but not that much sand and water and Cheeto mush and everything else. So fish guts, you know, all the wonderful things. Yeah. We don't, I don't typically like doing fishing boats. <laughs> we, um, <laughs> I, without sounding, you know, snobby or anything, there are some boats that we just, We'll tell people, hey, look, we're, we're booked out or we, you You're know. not a good fit for It's us. just not a good fit for us because some people expect the world and they've got a complete 
turd sitting there and you like yep. what's we're not going to flog ourselves for a few hundred bucks on something that's not going to look any really much better at the end of the day yeah. you know um, so so how do you guys estimate estimate boats because i think a lot of guys you know they're coming from the cars side and they're like oh, i'd like to do boats but one i got to learn how to you know, work with gel coat and all that but how do i even estimate the size of a boat yeah, we do everything on a case-by-case -case basis. And we, when we started, we took on everything. If somebody said, I'll give you a few hundred bucks, clean up my boat, we were like, yes, you know, just had to do it. And then we'd get to some, we're like, ooh, I never want to do this kind of thing again. So we'd stop doing those ones. And it, yeah, we finally got to a point where we can be a little more careful about what we do and don't take on. Um, we charge by the foot, and it, we have a starting dollar amount by the foot and that's our sort of baseline that we know that's going to cover us for our time mm -hmm. um and whatever little overheads that we have materials and all that sort of stuff and everybody's going to be different in that respect um yeah. if it's a i don't know some some we feel like we went on and some you feel like maybe you should have priced a little more and you just underestimated what it was going to involve um yeah. and that that has just come through the experience of of doing them and having the volume, especially here at the dealership, you know, with a trade-in boat could come in any kind of condition. It could be only a year old or it could be five or 10 years old. And we try and, you know, correct that gel coat back so these guys can make some money when they sell it. Um, it's a little bit of a different model here within the uh, dealership. You know, we have our in-house price with them, but um, it's just been the more that we've done, we've slowly, built a little diary of how long that size boat took and what kind of condition it was in. So it's always building yeah. this little self inventory that you can go back to and, and recognize what, what it's going to be like. Yeah. And I think that's, that is one of those things that people can't skip. I mean, people ask a lot of questions and, and yeah, if, if I follow in your footsteps and you mentor me, I might be able to do it a little bit faster than you did because I'm learning from you guys, but experience and time, can never be replaced. Um, and you guys knowing what you need to do because of the experience you've had have gotten you where you're at. And I think a lot of people want to fast track that. Um, but like I said, if I decided to go into doing boats here in Idaho, I, I'm not going to be able to skip that step. I've got to have the experience. I'm going to lose money. There's a yep. point in time when somebody's going to bring in a boat and I'm going to be like, it's a year old. The guy called me. It's not it's quote, not that bad. And they show up and it looks like, you know, the Idaho mm -hmm. massacre just happened on the deck of this boat. And so yeah. that happens to everybody. And you learn from that. And I think that one thing you just mentioned that a lot of people don't do, they don't factor in their overhead. They look at somebody else's price list. They look at somebody else's, um, you know, oh, they do it by foot and they're doing it for, you know, X number of dollars per foot. I'm just going to cut a dollar off of every foot and I'll get that business. But you're not factoring in your overhead. You're not factoring in not just your time and not just the wear and tear on your body and all your machinery, but you're not factoring in your products. So, for instance, you guys, um, you know, you're using some IGL products on that boat that I just saw you guys do. If you and I'm a, and I know you guys factor that into the cost. Um, you can't just take time. 
um, you know, Jody and I and Prentice Sinclair are doing a business one-on-one series and we're going to get to that part on it. But I, but I know that you, because you just mentioned that I want to highlight that for people is you have got to, in your pricing, factor in the cost of your materials and your products, whether mm-hmm. it's rags, wear and tear on a polisher, wear and tear mm-hmm. on your vehicle, Everything that you do has got to be factored into that job um, because that's what really would take somebody else to do it. If somebody else was going out and doing this, they'd have to buy polish, they'd have to buy towels, they'd have to buy you know a machine, they'd have to do all that stuff. And it's not that you're charging somebody 300 bucks to cover the cost of the whole machine, but any polisher, any machine that you're using only has – so it's a finite piece of equipment. It only has so many uses. And over the years with your experience, you can kind of factor in how long you're going to be able to use your, you know, a microfiber towel, even though you wash them. Obviously, if you're doing ceramic coating, you can't use that one for very often, maybe once. But um, everything else has to be factored in. And so, uh, you know, questions that people always ask is how much do you charge? That is part of And I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I think that's a key factor that people overlook. You've got to factor in everything. Yeah, it's essential. If you, I mean, and we we don't have it dialed into like, okay, if I have to drive six miles to his place, it's going to be forty nine cents per mile. Like, there's nothing quite like that. It's just sort of a generalized understanding of our operating costs, just because we know what they are. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you'd be doing doing yourself a disservice if you didn't include any of those sorts of components into the way you're pricing something. Mm-hmm. So I have two questions for you. So number one, you know, the dynamic of working as, as a husband wife team, right? So I want to dig into that a little bit. And then two, you know, over the last four years, what have you guys learned both together, but also in your business that has really impacted you both professionally and as business owners? Hmm. Stick, do you want to go with question one first? Or yeah, quite, question one first. Yep, question one first, right? So the dynamic of working together as a husband-wife team. Well, I'll start with it and then Owen can chime in as well. Please say nice things. <laughs> Please say nice um, things. <laughs> I, our situation is very unique and probably different because we have lived and worked side by side basically from the day that we met. Um, and like Owen had mentioned before, we had met uh, working on the private yachts. I was working on the interior of the boat and Owen was working on the exterior of the boat. Um, and then we left the yachting world and we moved to Minnesota and we were still working side by side for this family and then we left that to start our business so it's been oh it's not all roses i can tell you that um but 90 <laughs> percent that was of the time a nice we, version owen <laughs> yeah 90 percent of the time things things work really well i mean we wouldn't be successful and still be here if it wasn't working so right it's um it's 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 tough like to be honest i wouldn't recommend it to anybody um, and, and I don't mean that in a sort of in an absolutely negative way. I just think it's a it's a really complicated dynamic to separate yourself from um, work. You know, you find yourself talking about work, the job tomorrow in the bedroom, or you know, there's no sort of cutoff. You have to create these boundaries, boundaries, and, and areas where okay, 
this is home life and this is work life and this is recreation stuff and we're we're figuring that out still you know we're not good at that but it's it has to you have to complement all those other parts of your marriage um, yeah. or, or your relationship um, or it won't work as would, it would be my imagination you know yeah. but we're both we're both from pretty humble backgrounds with pretty gritty kind of upbringing with uh, I wouldn't say forced labor our parents aren't listening to this but you know oh, mine probably will. <laughs> yeah. but, but we know how to how to work with our hands you know and, and that sort of comes naturally and and both of us lean on each other for expertise in a different area you know I'm not so flash on the interior stuff and Amanda will lean on me for exterior things and yeah we, we snip at each other from time to time but you got to box that and put it away and I think again referencing the the, the big boat stuff we could have a, a disagreement about something but as soon as you leave the cabin and you turn around and you're on deck and you have guests around that are paying for a wonderful um, charter um, that you can't have that sour face or, or anything like that so you have to compartmentalize those things get on with your job and come back and readdress it later when you have the time and everybody's calmed down a bit yeah so it's I'm just reading Paul Myers. Thanks very much. I think it is unique because everybody couldn't do it. Um, one yeah. of the things that, and, and my wife and I don't work together in, in our jobs, but one of the things that we did to, as you were mentioning, Owen, we had to compartmentalize that as years and years ago. Um, we started making this rule that uh, after I go home, my business phone is off, period. It's off. Unless there's some emergency, mm -hmm. um, I won't answer the phone. I won't answer a text. Uh, I won't do anything that has to do with work um, in general because at at uh, it actually happened all at once where I was sitting at home and I was answering a phone call or something. And she said, my wife said, at five o'clock, you're mine. It's over. You're, you're, you can't stress about work and think about work and be involved in work every second of the day, like you mentioned. And so <clears throat> I have to try to compartmentalize that by physically. I have a spot and I put my phone down on that spot and that's where I leave it. Um, because otherwise, like you said, you're, 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 you're breathing it and, and, and eating it and sleeping it and it gets to just be too much and it's overwhelming. And that's kind of freeing for most people. I mean, it sounds as a business owner, it sounds like, oh my gosh, how could I ever do that? You know, I'm a business owner and, and everybody says I have to be involved in this every minute of the day, but it's very freeing when you can say that that's tomorrow, I'll deal with that tomorrow and it's okay. I don't have to do it every second. It is okay. So there is only so much that a person can do in a day, and there's only so much that two people can manage, you know. And we we do everything ourselves, the the whole lot. And we've sort of Amanda knows better about certain aspects of what we're doing. But it is even when you're finished for the day, somebody's got to go and put some microfibers in the washing machine, or somebody's got to go and clean some pads, or somebody's got to. Invoicing. You know, do some invoicing or make a couple of phone calls to somebody that you ignore during the day because you've got your head in, in, in your work. Um, there's always something going on, but if you don't separate those elements out and, and make time for yourselves, I think, yeah, it, it would be even – it is just – it's complicated, but I don't know. Yeah. 
We're just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks, I mean, you guys obviously are successful at it. And, and, and I like, I like the honesty of it, right? Please be nice. And, and <laughs> you know, because, you know, the a relationship is there's, it's so fluid. There's so many different things that can impact it. And when you're running a business together, it can really put stress on a marriage if you can't, you know, separate the two from time to time and go, you know what? We're going to go just have some fun together. We're setting the boats aside and we're going to go spend some time together and have some good time together. So. Yeah, it's, it it is. It's, you know, we we can't, my background was a plumber and gas fitter back in New Zealand. I did that for 10 years and I had apprentices and, you know, things going on. Um, I can't speak to Amanda the way I might've spoken to an apprentice um, on the job sort of thing. That doesn't, it just doesn't fly. I get shot the look straight away. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 you, you have to do things a little bit different. But um, I think I'm very fortunate that Amanda has a personality. She's very forgiving and very um, she, she's pretty hard to wind up. I know when she is wound up, but you know. You, you, you hold it together better than I do. I'm the emotional one that sort of gets all in a tiz about things and she knows like, oh God, there he goes again. I'm not throwing tools <laughs> across the workshop or anything, but I, I stew on things and get wound up. So He just has to call his jets from time to time. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes you got to do that. So so looking back over the last four years as you guys have built this business, what are some key things that you've learned through the process together or separately? I think some of what we just sort of touched on, but it's, it's, we're still growing. We both, well, I speak for myself. I think we're still babies in this whole thing. Um, and it's, I think it's essential to look around and find other people. For me, it's always been, I, you know, I really enjoy listening to more experienced people. Um, it doesn't, the age thing doesn't really play into that. Somebody could have started their business at a really young age. We're the same age now, but they've got 10, 15 years of experience. We only have four. So um, if you really want to get into it and, and do it, you've just got to keep your your eyes open and your ears open and take in as much from everybody around you. We're of the mindset that we want to help somebody else do it. You know, we're, we're accessible. There's some people that call us, not a, a whole bunch, but um, we try to help other people and lift them up any way we can. And if we don't know the answer to something, um, you have, we have the reference. I, we don't bullshit anybody. We just say, I don't know the answer, but I know somebody who might. Here's another number or have this contact or whatever. Um, I think, yeah, I think trainings is another um, a good thing for everybody to do um, on a regular basis. I mean, we just recently went down to Rupees um, for a weekend and mm-hmm. we picked up on a couple of things that have just been an absolute game changer for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many places out there offering trainings and if you want to get into boats, then, I don't know, reach out to us and we can send you in the direction and we're just here to help. Yep. And just keep keep networking. That's a big thing as well. Yeah, the, the one of the things that I've really enjoyed um, about getting to know you guys and watching your Instagram, you guys got to go check them out on Instagram. It's Instagram at Bodies. And uh, 
I mean, you look at some of the work you've done, like the swamp machine, the swap swamp <laughs> thing, thing, you know, and you have, you know, your boat where you did half IGL Marine and then the other side. And I, you know, I, I like it because you're showing your work, but you're also showing the impact of why detailing is so critical and showing in the way that you present it of why you guys are the go-to team. I mean, you just feel that. I mean, even though Amanda's the one that's doing all the stuff, I mean, yeah, occasionally Owen's laying on his back in a photo, but for the most part, it's Amanda, you know. I typically, I just pose for one photo every month. That's about as much as I like to put into it. Just It's eye candy, Owen. I know how it is. I'm the same way in my relationship. I'm the eye candy, you know. (laughs) You two are delusional. (laughs) (laughs) So I think for me, I think the thing that's great about you guys is that you're super humble and you are uh, probably one of the most approachable people that, that we've met in the industry. I mean, if I had an, if I had a question at all, which, you know, I, I do all the time, I would reach out to you guys because you're accessible. You don't seem to have this, this peacock mentality. Yeah. And, and, been and I think there's so many yacht. people that do that and, and I don't, I don't get it. So uh, thank you guys for being accessible and just humble with what you do. And um, yeah, I would encourage everybody to go out and look at their social media because it's, it's awesome. You know, uh, part of what you guys do is, is just explain to people why they would want to do this, why they would want to preserve their boat and make it last longer. Cause there's so many people that everything's consumable. You know, they just drive a car until it drops and then they get a new one or they drive a boat until it's, they get a new one. And, and it, there, it's a visual way to look at it and say, this is how we can preserve this and make it last longer. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's for me, just, just looking through your stuff. It's like, this is, this is crazy. Awesome to show people what they can do. Owen's got a thought. I can see it. Well, no, I was just, I was going to thank you for the compliments. You know, we, yeah. we, we're here in the U S and we believe that this is a good place to be. And we're trying to live the American dream. You know, we're two country kids from New Zealand. We're just a couple of Kiwis trying to make our way in the world, you know, and if, if we can do it one shiny boat at a time, that's kind of what we're doing in it. I think it comes out of, um, for me at least, growing up at the beach. My mum wasn't so much into homework. It was more about going to the beach and playing and mucking around. But we always had access to the water. So I think for me, you know, like I enjoy, um, I enjoy seeing other people get their enjoyment out of their boats because a boat to me is about sitting around with people you enjoy spending time with, having fun. Maybe you're just looking, you know, taking in the view um or you're out surfing or you're out fishing or whatever it is you know i I was big into scuba diving don't do a lot of it up here but um i think boats should be used like as a social gathering thing and and it's a a wonderful way to have recreation so subliminally maybe i'm thinking you know like here's your clean shiny boat let's keep it that way and you get the maximum enjoyment out of it um i think that's sort of that's important yeah. And that's for, for me, um, <clears throat> you know, Bob was making jokes about the difference between my boat and, and Jody's. For me, it was my father that always told me, you, you take care of something. I mean, my parents, mm-hmm. my parents would buy the cheapest possible thing, right? If you had the, the really cheap, the mid-level and the high end, they were always the cheapest. But man, it looked like it was high end and it lasted forever because he took care of it. He totally yeah. took care of everything. And so that's why, you know, for me, 
And it's no joke. When our boat, I have a towel, a special towel that sits inside of a compartment. And when you get in the boat, you put your butt on the seat. You turn around, you put the towel on the bench. You don't step on the seat. You step on the towel. You dry yourself off. Then you get into the boat. I mean, they, they just know that you from day one. You can't step on my seat. Yeah. You, that's you just have what to, you my thing is you have to sit your butt on the platform Put your feet in and then sit down. I don't like people stepping on yeah, my no, seat. Yeah, no, that's the thing is you butt on the platform and then you dry off your feet. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting in that habit of doing mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think that that sort of thing, anytime you've had anything, and I don't care if it's boats or guns or cars or toys or whatever, when you have something and you're really proud of it and you want it to look good forever, that's what kind of throws that spark to do that. And, oh, I can do this with other stuff, you know. Um, my neighbor saw me washing my lawnmower one day and he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, these things cost four grand. I, this is going to last me as long as it can. I swear I'm going to ceramic coat it one of these days. But, um, it's you know. It's funny you say that you clean your lawnmower at the end of every week. I detail my vacuum cleaner. There's nothing worse than going to use a vacuum cleaner if it's full of dog hair because it absolutely stinks. So I think, well, it has I wash the filter and dry it over the weekend and then it's ready to go again on Monday. I know I get looked at sideways, especially here at the dealership, but that's funny. I love it because it'll last you longer. That's the thing is that little things like that make things last longer. And, um, so, you know, as we wrap up, is there anything that you kind of advice you would give to somebody just starting out? I think, you know, you got to work hard. You've got to be prepared to do some heavy lifting. And it's going to be uncomfortable. So you can't be too hard on yourself. But I think you have to have integrity. I think you have to have accountability when things go wrong. Just to put your hand up and say, I made a mistake. I'm going to fix it. And it might mean that you don't make any money on that job. But it's going to be a learning experience because it will hurt. And from that, you probably won't keep making that mistake, we hope. Um, yep. Integrity, honesty, and accountability are sort of three foundations for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. you just have to trust in the process. If you put all those things in the mix and, uh, you know, treat people well, it, it'll come. You just have to keep going. And like we said before, everything's still learning for us. We're just little kids trying to figure this stuff out. And uh, we think we're doing okay, but we are always trying to find out more. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. That is awesome. I'd like to button that up. Yeah. You have anything to add to that, Amanda? Because the ladies always wow. got. Well, I think what Owen said is probably, probably what it is. But um, I thought you were going to say something like keep your husband in place. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of goes without saying. We all knew that. Yeah. So this, yeah. We all know that one. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have anything to add, really. Just, I yeah. mean, just keep up to date with some trainings and networking and. Yep. Yeah. Just uh, speaking of networking tonight, tonight live, there's an IDA event in Washington. <clears throat> Jody and I will be simulcasting it for everyone. If you've never been to an IDA meet and greet, um, we will be doing that live with uh, the Kimballs and uh, Keith Duplessis. So tonight at um, 6 p.m. PM Mountain Pacific Time, Mountain or Mountain Time. Time, Pacific, whatever. I don't know. We'll post it. We're in Mountain Time. They're in Pacific at 6 o'clock their time. So I think it's 6 to 8 our time. I I really, really, really like what you said. And that goes for anybody, boats, cars, RVs, don't care what you're detailing, 18-wheelers. You got three comments. Yeah, I know. I got to get to them. The – 
the thing is, is the integrity and the honesty and the humbleness. I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. This industry has at times taken some pretty evil turns. And I am so refreshed to see people like you guys out there that actually that that's a key value for you is honesty and integrity. And when you make a mistake to own up to it, and own it, on. baby. Um, there's so many people that, you know, I mean, quite bluntly, if you're a shit, don't get in this industry because <laughs> you need to be nice to people. You need to treat people with humility and integrity mm-hmm. and stop bashing other people. Stop bashing other companies. Stop bashing products. If you don't like somebody's product, that's fine. Use a different product, but don't just keep your mouth closed. If you can't mm-hmm. say something nice, if you wouldn't say it to your grandma, don't say it. You know? <laughs> I don't know. My grandma was pretty abrasive. So my grandma was pretty abrasive <laughs> too, but if I'd have cut her down like that, she'd have knocked uh, me on my yeah, butt. She would have so knocked me. Just be yeah. nice to people, man. That's it's more important yeah. than, than peacocking and pounding your own yeah. chest. So it, it, it's, it's a bigger thing than that. If somebody was in the industry is tearing down a couple of other businesses or whatever, it's, it's making the whole thing look bad from the outside to all the people that we're trying to provide exactly. a service for, you know, let's, exactly. let's all be professionals and, and, and just take pride in what we do and, and helping each other out is important to us. You know, the way somebody does their boats down the road might take them longer than, than we know how to do it or whatever, but there'll be something that they do that we can learn from. And there's no point yeah. in everybody for it. There's always something somewhere that, there'll be a little gem mm-hmm. out there for you to pick up along the way. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. How, so how do people find you? I don't know. How do people find us? Uh, we have a Facebook page, which is Bodies, Um, and then our Instagram is also Bodies too. Um, and on both of those, you can find our website and our email address and our phone numbers too. Um, anybody can reach out to us if you have any questions or if you're stuck with something, we can try and help you. Um, if we can't, then we'll point you in the try and point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy day. Um, I strongly encourage, especially to go visit their Instagram. It is phenomenal. It's one of the best Instagram pages on, especially about boats and detailing. You got to go check it out. So uh, we just appreciate you, you know, the opportunity to visit with you guys, especially to meet you guys in person uh, back at Southern Detailers Conference. And uh, I guess we will see the rest of you guys, same time, same bad channel, just next week right, right. here on Rotafest Detail Memoirs. Thank see you. Later. Thanks very much, guys. Yep. You guys Appreciate have it. a fantastic day, man. You, you too. too. Take right, care. Bye-bye.